Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a great show planned for you. We're going to be getting a parenting series and tonight we're going to be discussing parenting responsibilities. If you would like to have input on tonight's program and you haven't already written in, you can text us at 325-428-6145. That's 325-428-6145. You can also interact with our Facebook page at Home with Debbie Rule. I'm happy to hear and share with all of our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, and to feel safe and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. Everybody wants to be in love, have great kids, and the perfect home. But nobody wants to talk about how to get there. At Home with Debbie Rule is a safe place to get advice on how to fight fair or call 911. In-laws or outlaws. Who the heck are these kids and what do I do with them? Let's face it, modern family isn't all fairy tales. Because there are a few places that really explore the reality of relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, At Home with Debbie Rule is a place where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and testimonies. I'm Debbie Rule. Join me every Sunday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule, a talk show about home, family, and relationships. At Home with Debbie Rule, right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Follow us at Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. at Home with Debbie Rule. I love MediShare because they protect and respect life. MediShare is community. MediShare is affordable. MediShare is biblical. MediShare is uplifting. MediShare is family. Faithful. MediShare is hope. It's love. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule. This is where you'll find thoughts from home. Many parents have asked me, is it too late to change the way I parent my child, and will it actually work if I do? My response is it is never too late to change our parenting styles and techniques. As a matter of fact, with every child, we need to understand that the way we parent one child may not be the exact way to parent the other. Children and parents have different personalities. Effective parenting is understanding who you are as a parent and who your child is. Change does not happen overnight, so work on the behavior you want to change most, then move on to the next one. Don't try to tackle everything at once. To anyone who asks this question, is it too late to change my parenting style? I would say that it is never too late. It may not always be easy, but there are effective things you can do to start right now if you want change in your parenting style and to improve your child's life. 
One of the things I see with parents is that they don't know where to start. But I think it's simple. Start with understanding that as a parent, when you have certain things you're responsible for and certain things you are not responsible for. My experience is that if you want to change everything at once, you're going to be very disappointed. Not only is that an impossible task, you're going to alienate your child. I also think parents should address the things that violate their values and morals and that are risky to their child and others. Start there. Do we want to change everything? Well, good luck. Maybe we can. But I think we want to start with the most dangerous, risky stuff and then move forward. We are all in the same boat when we have a child. We come home from the hospital and look at our partner and say, now what? No one has taught how to be a parent. We have to go to college to get a degree and work in a specific field. We need a license to do certain jobs and so on and so on. But we are never really taught how to do the one most important job we will ever have, and that's parenting. If you were like me, your child did not come with a manual when they were born. We were just left to figure it out. Most generally, we parents, the way we parented, well, that's the way we parent. Sometimes that's negative or something we didn't like well. Well, maybe that inner vow, we never want to parent our child the way we were parented. This leaves room for error and fireworks when two people come together to parent and they have different experiences and expectations on how to be a good parent. These days, we're bombarded with mixed messages about how to parent the right way. It's easy to buy into advice from the media and relatives and other parents and start to worry that we're doing something wrong. We're often comparing ourselves to others and feeling judged and criticized by them. One of the most important ways to clear through all that clutter of advice, guilt, and comparisons to others is to understand that you are and aren't responsible for when it comes to raising your child. As a parent, counselor, and life coach, I have worked with many parents who have struggled with this question. What am I responsible for as a parent? I found that most parents instinctively know the answer to this question, but just need someone to validate their instincts amidst all the social media ranting about what parents ought to be doing. One of the first things I want to say is that you're not responsible for making your kids always happy. I know that this is a shocker, but you as a parent are not the entertainer or the puppet that some parents become trying to make their child happy, not mad at you, and wanting to be their friend. Don't get me wrong, it's good for your kids to be happy overall, but there will be many times, especially when you're parenting responsibly, that your kids will be furious. When you set limits or give them a consequence, they may not like it initially. But that's part of your job description as a parent and head of the household. You do not make decisions based on what your kids will like, tolerate, or be okay with. Instead, you make the decisions that are best for them and your family, and then you must follow through. You do not need other adults in your life to tell you what you are doing the right thing. Parenting is not a popularity contest in your family or in your community. Sure, it feels great when other adults, such as your child's teacher, tells you that your child is doing something well but it's not necessary in order for you to run your family well. Just as I said earlier, you're not a puppet on a string for your child to ensure happiness. Your children are not puppets, and you're not a puppeteer. There is no possible way that you can control every move your child makes or everything your child says, especially outside of your home. Children have their own free will and will act on their own accord, and often in self-interest. We can't control our kids, but we can influence them by the limits we set and the consequences we give. Many times our children will ask us to do something for them that we know they are capable of doing on their own. You're no longer responsible for those things. 
I'm not saying to stop preparing breakfast for your child once she's old enough to pour her own cereal, or to never do anything to help them again. What I am saying is let your kids struggle sometimes. Try your best to give them increasing levels of responsibility, and don't type your child's paper for them because you type faster. It's getting closer to bedtime. Well, you need to strike for balance. Don't do things that they can do. You do not have to be Superman, Wonder Woman, Mike Brady, or June Cleaver. They are all fictional characters that seem to do it all and do it perfectly, right? You're not one of them, nor should you strive to be. Rather than focusing on addressing every behavior issue or adhering to a perfect schedule each day, try to hit the most important targets and realize that you might have to let some smaller things go each day. We call this picking your battles. If your child doesn't get angry with you at least once in a while, you're not doing a good job. Along with this, remember that you are not required to give lengthy explanations of your decisions. It's just not safe. Can be plenty of an explanation when your teen asks why he can't jump off the roof onto the trampoline. It's your responsibility. Enough justification for telling your child it's homework time. You don't need to go into all of that. What ifs and if thens. Just tell your child it's time to do homework. It's your job to teach your child age-appropriate skills in order to allow them to become more and more independent. There comes a time when your child needs to learn how to emotionally soothe himself, tie his shoes, write his name, and cope with someone teasing him. Over time, he will need to develop more and more advanced skills. He needs to know how to type a paper, say no to drugs, drive a car, fill out a job application, and indeed, he needs to learn that his level of responsibility. Will grow throughout his life. You're responsible for holding your child accountable for his behavior and actions. At the very least, this means setting limits with your child when he or she behaves inappropriately. Parenting is a bit of a roller coaster ride, and you're on it, whether you like it or not. There will be times when your child is doing well, and times when your child is really struggling. Remind yourself that your kids—they're still your kids. What I'm saying is to let your kids struggle sometimes. Try your best to give them increasing levels of responsibility, and you'll find that they can do it. Doing your best—that's really all you can do sometimes. Parenting is a perpetual balancing act, striving to find that balances between doing too much and too little for your child, giving consequences that are not too harsh and not too soft. Parenting can feel like a circus sometimes, and there can be several balancing acts going on at one time. That's when you have to go back to picking your battles and realizing that nor will you ever be the perfect parent. You just need to be good one. Above all else, remember that your child is unique and you know him better than anyone else on the planet. You will always get input, no matter how obvious or subtle, from the world around you. However, you are the expert on your child. You get to make your own decisions about how to parent him or her. When you find yourself in wit's end, remember this too shall pass. Remember what your role is as a parent, and it's never too late to change. That's thoughts from home. Stay tuned. We've got more for you right here on At Home with Debbie Rule, where we talk a lot about home, family, and relationships. Stay tuned. We've got more to come.
Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we are starting a parenting series. We're going to start tonight by kicking it off and talking about parent responsibilities, what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for. Nobody ever said that children would be easy to raise. They don't come with guidelines or instructions, and they certainly don't come with a pause button. I've looked. What they do come with is a crucial set of physical and emotional needs that must be met. Failure of the parent to meet these specific needs can have a wide-ranging and long-lasting negative effect on your child. So tonight we want to help you with how to learn what your parent responsibilities are and what your parent responsibilities are not. We all want to do the best we can, and we all need to learn how to be the best parent we can. Tonight joining me on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. My partner in crime as we have raised three kids and now have two grandchildren. Good afternoon, Debbie. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Are you ready to kick off this series this uh, month on parenting? Yes, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, it's definitely a uh, work in progress. When you have kids, you parent one. The oldest one is usually the guinea pig. By the second one, you've uh, got a different personality now, so you're starting kind of all over again, but you know a little bit more than you did. And by the time the third one comes along, I say, uh, whatever. Uh, Not really. I mean, you can't do that, have that attitude, but it feels that way sometimes. Well, they're definitely a challenge as our children have gotten older and gotten married and asked for advice. I say, don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't really mean that. (laughs) I'm telling you. uh, It's tough. You know, so many young people think, well, I just want to go out and have my own children and raise them my way and it really changes your life i think you know we if we were talking about marriage when two people come into a marriage they don't realize that their single self has ceased to exist or should Mm -hmm. because now they are joined with someone else and they need to become one and all that stuff they used to do they can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. but you know, that's some of the biggest problems with raising children. You want to be that single person. You know, I deserve my time. No, you don't get any time. Mm-hmm. When you've got kids, they demand, demand, demand. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bad attitude about that, it's going to be really hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you embrace that attitude and realize, you know what, my life has changed. It'll never be the same again. And I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be the best parent I can be. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you'll be a lot happier, and so will everybody around you. So tonight we want to kick off our parenting series on talking about the things that you are responsible for as a parent and some of the things that you're not responsible for. You know, parents come, uh, done lots of counseling sessions and uh, talked with parents over the years about what they're supposed to do in certain situations. And sometimes it's just defining our parental responsibilities and understanding what we're responsible for as a parent and what we're not responsible for. Uh, in my opening comments, I talked about not being responsible for your child being happy. You know, your child is not going to be happy all the time. And as a parent, you just have to realize that they're not going to be happy all the time. They're going to be furious with you when you lay down the law. They're going to be upset when you... Uh, effectively put into place consequences for behavior that was uh, deserving of those consequences. And, of course, you know, the crime, the uh, the punishment always needs to fit the crime, and it always needs to be age-appropriate. But they're not going to be happy. 
they're not going to be happy. And if you're trying to make your kid happy, you're trying to be their friend, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble, you know, as they start maturing and getting older. Because trying to be a friend of a, of a teenager when you need to be that parent and you've been their friend as a two, three, four, five-year-old and on up and you quickly try to change that, it can be difficult. It can be done. We're here to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter what's happened in the past or where you are on your parenting journey. You can make changes, and you can make changes effectively that can make your home a better place to live and a better life for your child. Parenting is work. Yes. And I just encourage you to look forward to going to work every day. It is a labor of love. You know, we talk about uh, teachers a lot on this program Today's teachers have to deal with children, young people, that have not been taught how to act appropriately. Mm-hmm. And it is so frustrating for the teachers because they are limited in what they can do. Yeah. Our DAEP program is full. Mm-hmm. And what people with DAEP programs say is these children come in here and respond to discipline. Mm-hmm. They don't get discipline at home. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents just say, whatever. You know, yeah. just leave me alone. I've worked hard all day. I don't want to put up with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once there's structure, the young people respond. Mm-hmm. Back in the old days, uh, juvenile delinquents would be given the opportunity to go to JD school or the military. Mm-hmm. And they'd go into the military and they would respond to discipline, and it would totally turn their lives around. I've talked with so many veterans that say, you know, the military changed my life. It mm-hmm. saved my life. Mm-hmm. And it's all about discipline. And, and structure. And, and learning struct- to boundaries. submit to authority and boundaries. And your kids need to understand that you are the authoritative figure in the home. You don't have to control your child. You don't have to throw that around with weight. You don't have to threaten Just walk in the authority that you have as the parent. Don't be the friend. Be the parent. It doesn't mean that you can't be a confidant. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you're not there for your child or that you don't go out and do fun things with your child. It doesn't mean that you, uh, you you know, that you're just this person sitting in the home and you're just ruling, you know, with this iron fist. You are the parent. And you're not the friend in the way that you'll just allow your child to do anything they want because you don't want them to be mad at you. You know, both of us come from families where our parents did not have good parenting skills. We love our parents, but when it came time for us to be parents, we were looking at each other like, well, what do we do? And what we found out real early was you need to have a foundation, so you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, I love what you said, Debbie, about needing a license to be this type of professional you know, professionals in our society have continuing education. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go to a lawyer that hadn't kept up to date on the latest rulings. Or you wouldn't CPA. go to a CPA <laughs> that doesn't know the new tax code. Right. You wouldn't go to a dentist who was still using a hammer and a chisel from two centuries ago. And so they have t- continuing education classes, things like that. Well, you, and the listeners might be thinking, well, what's that got to do with parenting? And it, it's the same is true with uh, relationships. There are excellent resources out there mm-hmm. that you can read and learn how to have a good relationship. 
with everyone. I mean, your coworkers, your boss, your spouse, your children, and there's great resources on parenting. Mm-hmm. And what we learned early on was that we needed a foundation that we could talk to our children and tell them this is why we're doing this. And I used to have this lecture. Uh, just God gave it to me one day. I would say to my whoever, whatever child I was dealing with, I have a job to do, and I'm going to do it. This is my job. I'm your dad, and you're going to do what I say because I have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And when Zach got in trouble at the Christian bookstore for stealing, we took it back mm-hmm. to the manager, and mm-hmm. he had to apologize. And we told him, son, it says in the Bible, thou shalt not steal. Well, there we were. We had our foundation. It wasn't us making arbitrary rules. We had a reason for why we were teaching the way we were teaching. Yeah. It worked great. It works great if you have the foundation below you, beneath you, that you can speak from. Yes. And, um, again, age-appropriate consequences for a child are important. Zach was four, and... So, uh, you know, he was taken back and had to, you know, kind of humble himself and go before the manager. And it was a little scary, um, but he never took anything again. So uh, that's good. But tonight we want to talk about parenting responsibilities. You know, there's general things that parents are uh, responsible for and things that you're not responsible for. We already talked about a couple of the things that you're not responsible for, and that's, you know, making sure that your child is happy all the time, controlling your child. You can't control your child. Your child is going to be a free spirit. They are going to go to school. They're going to say things. They're going to do things that you wish they didn't do. But that's part of growing up. But you as a parent, you're responsible for things to teach them and to train them. And you're responsible for meeting needs for them emotionally and mentally and spiritually and um, physically. But you're not responsible for everything they do. And if your child gets into trouble, this is not always a reflection of a parent. I feel really bad for parents that have kids that have gotten into trouble. They've done a great job, you know, raising them. They've taught them right from wrong. And the child just makes some really bad choices. And then all of, all of a sudden, the focus goes to the parent and says, well, you know, they just didn't do their job or they're a bad parent or they're bad. In some cases like that, yes, there are situations that way. But there are a lot of situations where parents are doing a great job with their kids and their kids just happen to make the bad choice. And there are consequences for that. So you're not responsible for controlling your child all the time. You can't. And if you try to do that, you're going to alienate your child, and you're going to be a big failure because it is just not possible. So that's another thing that you're just not responsible for. And I want to cover some of those things before we come back in the second half and talk about the things that you are responsible for. So, you know, making sure your child's happy, controlling your children, getting the approval of others. You know, you don't need to look to anyone else. It's good for you to get resources. It's good for you to get uh, advice from other people. Sometimes you need to sit down and go through a parenting course or you need to get some coaching or counseling. That's fine. That's all great. But the word I want to focus on here is approval, getting the approval of others. These are your children, and you know what you need to do that's best for them. And if you don't know, you need to be listening to programs like this, and you need to be getting the resources that you need in order to learn how to be a good parent. But you don't need someone to tell you you're doing a good job in order for you to do a good job. And I know it's a thankless job. You know, it's one of those things that parents do. 
day in and day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with no break. And it's very thankless. You know, your child is not going to thank you until they get older. Am I speaking the truth? Yes, you are. I mean, they'll come back later after they have kids or after they've lived a little life and they'll say, you know, thank you for doing what you did for me or for telling me no or for teaching me this. But you don't need the approval of other people to do what you know is right for your child, to raise your child the way you know is the right way to raise them. And if I may, I believe what you're saying is we had a situation where a relative was constantly telling us how to raise our children. This individual didn't have any children. Red flag, red flag. (laughs) (laughs) They were an expert Mm -hmm. on raising children until they had children. Mm -hmm. And we just sat back. We never said a word. We just laughed. And all the noisy toys that uh, they bought for our kids, we got to repay. <laughs> it's funny. But, uh, you know, you don't need the approval of your family. And, and I, again, I'm focusing on the word approval. I'm not focusing on whether or not you need advice or help or resources. I'm talking about being motivated by what other people are going to think about you. Sometimes you've got to make some hard decisions for your children of what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow, and it's not going to make every family member happy with you. You know, you may have family members that say it's okay to, you know, do some things that you just don't want your children around, and so you don't have to seek their approval. If they don't like the way you're parenting your child or the way that you're protecting your child from some things, that's okay. Let them be mad. But you've got a responsibility to do what's right by your child, and you cannot let the approval of others influence your choices and your decisions that you make for your child because this has a lasting impact. That is so true, Debbie. Boundaries are very important. If you have family boundaries that you have agreed on, uh, the way you're going to raise your children and live your life within your home and you have brothers or sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, relatives of any shape or form that say, well, we're family. Mm-hmm. No, nobody has the right to have relationship with you. If they're doing things that you don't agree with, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a part of that. That's right. You're not telling them how to live, but they're not going to bring their sickness into your home. Right. And those are that's... Uh, the choice that you get to make that's for the, your that's for your, your right that's, that's your right. right as as a parent and um you know uh and we're going to come back here in the second half and talk about things that you are responsible for but let's just uh finish with things that you are not responsible for and that's you know making sure your child's happy getting the approval of others controlling your children um doing for your children what they're capable of doing. I see so many parents out there that are doing homework for kids. They're doing their projects for them. They're doing all these, you know, oh, well, they're so exhausted or they just didn't have time or, you know, as I said in opening comments, they can type, you know, I can type faster than they can. You're keeping your children from experiencing life and doing their responsibility. When they go out and get a job, their boss is not going to do their job for them. So you've got to allow them to experience the responsibilities that are laid before them and let them grow through that. And you're really doing them a disservice when you don't allow them. When are you going to let your child learn that life is hard? Mm -hmm. After they're grown, 
Boy, they're going to have a rude awakening. Tough consequences that come with that. Life is hard, and that doesn't mean you make life hard on your kids. Life's hard anyway. Yep. Going to school and being different, and everybody's different. Who's popular this week? Who's not? I mean, bullying and teasing and ridicule and this, what's popular and what isn't, and what opinion and how you look. Life's hard enough as it is, and trying to protect them from everything that comes at them isn't really doing them that big of a favor. Mm -hmm. Well, and protecting them is one thing, but allowing them to do their own work, to be responsible, to have responsibilities in your home, to have chores. You know, we told our kids, you get an allowance, but you do your chores whether you get your allowance or not. You get your allowance taken away by having bad behavior and certain things like that. But your chores are part of family responsibility. You're part of a family. We all have things that we have to do. Mom and dad go to work. We do what we need to do. We do our chores around the house. You have chores too. They're not paid jobs. They're chores. They're responsibilities that you have as being a part of a family. And so on that note, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back for the second half talking more about a parent's responsibility Stay tuned. We've got so much more to come right here on At Home with Debbie Rule. Are you facing a crisis or has something unexpected happened to you? Maybe your home and relationships have been harmed by divorce. Or do you have marriage, parenting, or blended family issues, career choices, financial issues, addiction, or just plain old I need to know how to do life better to avoid making so many bad choices? At Home Success Coaching is a great place to start. If you need someone to listen, someone to talk, to process your feelings, insight, or advice on how to have a better life, At Home Success Coaching can help you out of a crisis or just help you stay on the right path and reach the goal of having the very best home, family, and relationships possible. At Home Success Coaching is a nonprofit organization and there is no charge for our services or programs that are offered. Visit at homesuccesscoaching.com. That's at homesuccesscoaching.com, helping one home at a time. Mandy's Hair Store, your one-stop shop for your beauty needs, has added to their staff. Now fully staffed and ready to serve you with all your family hair care needs, walk-ins are always welcome at Mandy, so stop by today at 404 East Commerce and see Mandy or Jackie and the rest of the gang. They are ready to serve you. Hair color, highlights, perms, nails, and petties, all the same awesome services, but more staff to serve. Mandy's Hair Store, your family-friendly salon located at 404 East Commerce Street, ready to serve you today. New in 2022, have you or someone you've known been dealing with hurts, habits, or hangups? Are you looking for a place where others understand and admit that we all need a better way to live life? Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program designed to help deal with past hurts, unhealthy habits, and hang-ups that keep us from successful living. Celebrate Recovery is not just for those dealing with addictions to drugs and alcohol. Celebrate Recovery is much more. Anger issues, insecurities, codependency, abuse, fear, anxiety, divorce. Celebrate Recovery helps us all find freedom, support, healing, peace, and new life. Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery meets Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Heart of Texas Event Center located at 804 San Angelo Highway. We look forward to you joining us this Thursday at 6 o'clock. What is in your future is so much better than what's in your past. The time is now to come and celebrate with us.
Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we are talking about parental responsibilities, what you're responsible for as a parent and what you're not responsible for as a parent. We're kicking off a parenting series that we're going to do during the month of June. We'll have some giveaways this month. We'll have some great advice and tips and resources for parents that are out there, whether you are married, whether you're single, whether you're a step-parent, whether you're uh, a grandparent raising kids, whatever it is, whatever role you're in, you'll be able to find information on the program over the next month that will help you to be able to deal with your children, with your grandchildren, and maybe even help you with someone else's kids as well. Uh, maybe you can pass that information on to them. But the second half, uh, we want to talk about parental responsibilities. We talked a little bit in the first half about what you're not responsible for. Now we need to understand as a parent what you are responsible for. And so a lot of people may say, well, you know, that's pretty obvious. Isn't it obvious what I'm responsible for? I need to provide for my child. Well, yes, but some people's um, definition of providing for their child is not not what should be. So um, we uh, want to start off with, you know, providing an environment that is safe. Well, how do you define what is safe for your child? What are What are some things that we do to provide an environment that is safe for our children? You know, the obvious thing is keep your child free from physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Um, that might be a lot harder to do than you than saying that. But keeping them in a protective environment where you don't open them up, you know, to physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. Not allowing people in your home. Not leaving them with pla- in places that you know might be dangerous. Yeah. I mean, that... Uh, if children feel unsafe, that tells you a lot about it right there. Um, and the effort you put into maintaining their suf- safety is so important. Uh, and that's a part of parenting is work, and you should look mm-hmm. forward to going to work. You have responsibility to mm-hmm. that child. And, you know, really, that child deserves the very best parent possible. Mm-hmm. They really do. When you right. took on that responsibility... I mean, I wish we did have to get a license. I wish we had to take an oath that I will be the very best parent I can be. Mm-hmm. Take that seriously and be that good parent. So providing an environment that is safe is keeping your child uh, free from physical, sexual, and emotional abuse to the best of your ability. Parents, uh, sometimes we make mistakes. We leave our kids places we think are safe and something bad happens. Don't blame yourself. Get the help that you need to walk through that and to help that child become healthy and whole to help you overcome that and become healthy and whole but to the best of your ability keep them free from physical sexual and emotional abuse keep unsafe objects locked up and out of reach of your children this does not only mean like poisons and things like that that are from small children but maybe weapons and things that could be harmful to a teenager you know so many teens are getting into um, cleaning products and getting into things that are so hazardous to their health because they're reading things on the internet about you know take this and it'll give you a high or do this or do that you know, we have to be aware of what our kids are, you know, around from the age that they're starting to crawl around on the floor to the time that they leave our home. So keeping unsafe objects locked up and out of the reach of your child, listening and knowing that, you know, your one-year-old's probably not going to get into a weapon that's up on the top shelf, but if it's not locked away, your teenager might. You know, recently I was talking with a parent. There had been a shooting incident somewhere reported in the news, and this parent was just livid and said, you know, if my child found a weapon, they would not point it at anyone. They would Mm -hmm. not pull the trigger. 
They know. They've been taught. And I'll tell you folks around here, a lot of young people are taught how to uh, handle weapons safely. Mm -hmm. Shooting is enjoyable, pleasure, leisure time activity, hunting. Um, Guns and rifles and pistols and shotguns are everywhere. But just because you teach your child how to act uh, responsibly around weapons doesn't mean that other family has taught their child. You know, if your child is going to go spend the night with somebody, you need to know those parents. Mm-hmm. Are there any guns laying around? Mm-hmm. Do your children know if they found a gun, what would they do? Point it and go bang and pull the trigger? Yeah. It's just terrible. And that goes into, you know, getting to know your child's caregivers, where they're going, whose home are they going to, you know, what is there. Um, correct on any uh, potential dangers around the house. If there's anything, you know, as again, we talk, we always think about this being with little kids, but again, it's any age child. Um, take safety precautions. Use smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Lock your doors at night and always wear your seat belts. <laughs> Teach your kids that. I get in the car, my little grandkids say, put on your seat belt, mama. You know, they're, they're right there to correct because they know what's right and what's appropriate. So you're teaching your children. You have a responsibility to provide an environment that is safe for your children. Um, Provide your child with basic needs. Some people think, well, you know, my child can, you know, fend for themselves if they're 8, 9, 10 years old. No, your responsibility to provide basic needs for your child. That's water, plenty of nutritious foods. Let me say that again. Nutritious foods. Not parking them in front of the TV with food that you know junk food just because it's easy for you nutritious foods can be um challenging sometimes because it 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 causes our budget to have you know we really have to budget to be able to buy nutritious things at the store but it can be done it can be done but providing nutritious foods there's nothing wrong with junk food every once in a while there's nothing wrong with going to mcdonald's but when it's your meal every day You're not really doing your job as a parent by providing nutritious food. So shelter, um, providing a safe environment, a roof over their heads that is going to be cool in the summer and warm in the winter. A warm bed with sheets, blankets, and pillows. You would think that this is a no-brainer, but there are some people that need you know need to hear that they need to provide this for their child. Medical care is needed, medicine when ill. Uh, it's your responsibility to take your child to the doctor and to provide medical care. Clothing that is appropriate for the weather conditions. If it's wintertime, you don't need to have your children running around barefooted. That's okay for summer, but not for the winter. So, you know, clothing that is appropriate. Space, a place where he or she can go and be alone. Remember, your child has the right to have a little bit of space here and there, but they do not have the right to total privacy. If you are trying to be your child's friend and say, oh, that's just their privacy, I'm not going to invade their space, you as a parent have the right and the responsibility to invade that space. They have nothing private as long as they're under your roof because privacy and sneaking around is what gets children into trouble, especially teenagers. You need to know what they're doing on social media. Who are they talking to? What games are they participating in? What are their little chat groups that they're in? Snapchat, one thing that I don't like because it goes away, and I don't think there's any way that a parent can really hold a child accountable with that. You need to really be thinking about what you allow your child to be involved in. And you may say, oh, well, my child would never do that. Don't ever say that to yourself because every child is 
vulnerable. out there and vulnerable right. to temptation. So be smart. Be smart. Your child is allowed to have alone time. They're allowed to have their space. But you as a parent need to help them understand. I need your passwords. I'm going to check your phone. I'm going to check your computer. I'm going to check things. I'm going to make sure that you're safe. And listen, if they're you, going to be mad at you. If you need a Just foundation that for that, if you if you have pushback, say I heard it on the radio. Let me tell you something: you're an absolute fool if you let your children have any privacy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to go into every electronic device they have, their diary, everything until they're 18 years old. Yes, you have the right, and you are you're putting them in danger if you don't exercise your right. Mm-hmm. Predators out there are constantly thinking about how they can come in and hurt your child. That's right. And your job is to protect. That's right. And so it's okay. If your child's going to be mad at you, let them be mad at you. They'll get over it. When they get older, they'll they'll thank you for protecting them from uh, places where they were vulnerable. Um, provide your child with self-esteem needs. You know, a lot of times we don't think about this as parents, the way we talk to them or the way we treat them. We don't realize that it kills their self-esteem. And you as a parent need to be one that encourages and builds them up. doesn't mean you don't discipline. doesn't mean that there are not consequences. But it means that your job as a parent is to help that child to grow up healthy and whole and have confidence in themselves that they can go out and they can say no to things they need to say no to. Accept your child's uniqueness and respect his or her individuality. Every child is not the same. And I think where parents make a mistake is they want to parent a child based on their personality or, you know, the first child and the second child, the third child, the fourth child on down. They all have different personalities. So sometimes you have to tweak your parenting just a little bit. It doesn't mean you change the way you're parenting, but the approach that you have with that child may have to change a little bit for it to be effective. And so um, accepting your child's uniqueness and building them up rather than tearing them down, watching your tone, watching your attitudes. If you're angry and you're stressed after you come home from work, you know that's probably not the time to sit down and have a heart-to-heart talk with your teenager that just got in trouble at school. Let yourself have some time to have some downtime before you go into that type of discussion. Providing self-esteem for your child can be challenging because as parents, we are challenged with life and you know we hurt the ones that are around us the most i think in our home and so uh and you know really pay attention to how you're speaking to your kids encourage and don't push your child to participate uh in clubs or activities or sports but encourage them to be a part of things because they will be uh well adjusted if they'll be a part of things notice and acknowledge your child's achievements and pro-social behavior Encourage proper hygiene. Set expectations for your child that are realistic and age-appropriate. Don't compare your children. You know, if you have one child that makes straight A's and it's easy for them and you have another child that's studying and working hard and, you know, boy, they just made one B. Or maybe they pulled a C and it was the best that they could do and you know it's the best they can do. I'm not talking about the child that was lazy and irresponsible and you know they can do better. I'm talking about the child that's working their hardest to do the very best that they can, and you compare them and say, why can't you be like your sister and make straight A's? You know, why can't you be more like her? You're always getting into trouble. She never gets into trouble. That's the worst thing that you can do is compare your children. That is very negative on their psyche. You want to drive a child into 
a bad place. Start berating them like that or beating them down emotionally. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, one one thing that really gets me livid is when you have a somebody in a position of a sor- authority say, well, you know, children are resilient. That just makes me so angry. Listen, your skin's resilient, but if you cut yourself, you're going to scar. If you hurt a child, they will recover from it. They may survive it, but it'll it will leave a lasting impression. So whenever somebody starts talking about how resilient children are, that's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. That's a cop-out that excuses bad behavior and excuses hurting children. There is never, don't, don't ever uh, justify bad mm-hmm. behavior. Don't ever allow bad behavior to go unchallenged. Yes. Uh, so... Um, helping them build their self-esteem and, you know, teaching your children morals and values, honesty, respect, responsibility, compassion, patience, forgiveness, generosity. You know, people have their own faith in what they're going to teach their children and what they're going to do in their home. But these are common courtesy and respects that we need to teach our children to be able to be a citizen of our societies and be functional and be able to provide giving something back into our society and being a citizen. Um, honesty and respect, responsibility, teaching them the things, allowing them to fail. If they don't do their work, you know, and they should have done it, there's a consequence for that. Compassion, patience, forgiveness, teaching them to be generous and to give. Volunteer in your communities, you know, different things that you can teach your children. This is your responsibility. Your children are going to learn what you're doing, but they also learn what you tell them and what you teach them. But you need to be modeling this behavior. Everything that we're talking about that we're saying to do with your children, your responsibilities with your children, it starts with you doing those things first because they do as they see, not always as they're told. Well, you know, there's good good old country songs out there that talk about a boy watching his dad. And he mm-hmm. says, I'm going to be like you, Dad. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, let me check myself. Yep. You know, do I talk with, to people respectfully? Mm-hmm. Do I talk about people behind their back? Am I mm-hmm. a gossiper? You know, again, defending teachers, they have such a challenge today with young people coming into their workspace and not being respectful. And then parents come up there and say, you can't talk to my child that way. Mm-hmm. You know, a child in school needs to respect the teacher and without excuse. You don't ever excuse bad behavior. Well, that teacher doesn't respect my child. No, I just don't believe that. I don't think they would continue in that career for very long if they had that attitude. Right. You've got to teach your child how to get along in this world. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, Develop mutual respect with your child. Use respectful language. Respect his or her feelings. Again, within reason, uh, you know, you're not responsible for your child being happy. Remember, we already talked about those things, but respecting his or her opinions. You know, it's okay to sit down with your child, little older child. Now, a two-year-old, you can't reason much with that child. You just got to have to give them, you know, the way it's going to be. Sometimes you can give them a couple of choices and they'll choose one. But basically, you're dealing with a little bit different situation with a younger child. But an older child, 
child, it's okay. Respect his or her opinions. You know, let them share how they feel. At the end of the day, you're responsible for making the decision. You've got to do what's right by that child, but it doesn't mean that they don't get to share how they feel or that they don't get to share their opinions because this helps them to be able to develop relational skills on how they can share their feelings and their opinions when they get you know, older in other relationships. And if you don't allow them to do that, they'll never learn how to do that. They'll be the one that sits down and never says anything until they blow up and then they're out the door. So helping them, um, you know, to respect their opinions and their feelings and their individuality, you know, this is all good. But again, at the end of the day, you as the parent, you're responsible and you've got to make the decision. You've got to enforce the consequences or you've got to do what you know is right. Um, providing discipline, which is effective and appropriate. Uh, don't discipline when you're mad or when you're angry. That's a given. A lot of people don't really realize that or they don't understand they're under stress sometimes and, and anger can come into there. But make sure that your discipline is structured, consistent, predictable, and fair. And again, as we said earlier, make sure that the punishment fits the crime. You're not going to discipline a two- or three-year-old uh, like you would a teenager. You're not going to ground a two-year-old for a week I remember grounding is is grounding yourself because if you're grounding a child, you've got to sit there with that child and you've got to be in the home with that child and you've got to make sure that you follow through and that you are grounded. So you're, basically, if you're grounding a child, you're grounded. You're the jailer. <laughs> you <laughs> put the them jailer. in jail, you got to be the jailer. A, that's right. Uh, so structured, consistent, predictable, fair, you know, discipline, talking with your child and saying, do you know why you're, you know, you know why you're being punished? You can tell that to a two-year-old or a three-year-old. You can say, do you know why you're being in time out? And have them repeat it. Help them understand why they're being punished. Because if they don't associate the consequence with what they did, they're going to keep doing it. So you have to help them understand why they're being punished. And you can have to do that with a teenager. You know why I'm taking your phone away? Because you were disrespectful to me and you talked to me the way you talked to me and you didn't do what I asked you to do. So the phone belongs to me for two days. And then it doesn't mean when they come back to you later that night and say, I promise I'll do it better, I won't, that you give them the phone. Two days, if you say two days, you mean two days. So be careful what you say. If you say something to a child, well, you'll never, well, you know you're not going to enforce never. You know, you're never going to watch TV again. Really? You can't enforce that. You're not going to watch TV for two days. For two days, you're going to read or you're going to do something else, but your favorite show you're not going to watch or you're not going to play that video game. But when you start using words like always and never and, you know, throwing out their things that you're telling a child, you better be careful what you say because you've got to follow through with it. Well, That's the only let, way they let's, learn. Let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, it never happened. one minute. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Never happened to me, but some parents lose their temper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that child gets on their last nerve and, boy, they blow up. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of this one specific Incident. <laughs> I'm thinking of this one specific incident where a mom grounded her daughter for two weeks, which meant that her senior graduating daughter did not go get to go to prom. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, later the mom said, and this was years later. I mean, it was. They all look back on it and say, that just didn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. And the mom's excuse was, well, you know, I said it when I was angry and I had to stick to it. Well, listen, if, if first of all, don't discipline when you're angry. Right. Secondly, if you discipline when you're angry, 
be an adult, take your child aside and say, you know what, mom or dad has had a chance to think about this. What do you say we do it this way? Mm-hmm. Okay. So or I was can. angry when I said that. Will you forgive me? I right. was angry. Let's rethink the punishment here because I didn't make a good decision. That's right. You know, you, you need to do that instead of just saying, oh, well, you're whining about it, so I'm going to go back on the on the um, punishment. So what you make is a good point, but you have to preface it with, you know, I made a, I made a bad choice there. I didn't make a good decision on the punishment. We're going to rethink it. But uh, don't let kids talk you out of their punishment. They know when they can manipulate and do that. A um, couple of things before we end. Uh, involve yourself in your child's education. Uh, get to know your child and spend quality time together. Be approachable to your child. Ask questions. Communicate, communicate, communicate. If you want a teenager to come and talk to you, be available. You're not going to be able to take them aside and talk to them when you want to talk. But if you'll provide an environment that is safe and secure and trusting, they will come to you when they're ready. You just need to be available. Provide date times where you can go for a Coke or you can do things where that child will know that they can talk. Don't probe, but just allow them to be able to talk. One day they will open up and you just will hear everything you need to hear. But provide that safe environment. Um, we had somebody that commented on our Facebook page earlier today and uh, our, this evening's. I always like to incorporate that into our program. I want to share this before we close. Uh, she says, I'm sorry I'm not able to hear this on the radio. Of course, you can on knelradio.com. If you're not in our listening area, you can go to our website, click on the FM button. It'll take you straight to our program every Sunday night at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, but she says, I hope the series covers that it takes a village our family to raise a child that includes both parents and grandparents aunts and uncles not just one set of grandparents well i have a little comment to say about that and that is that uh, parents are responsible for your children i love my grandkids and i love to have input into their life but ultimately at the end of the day it belongs to the mom and the dad and uh, so they're responsible for their children and uh, it does take advice and it does take counsel but nobody has the right to your children except for the parent the mom and the dad the mom and the dad and the mom and the dad have the right to say but out yeah that's right and uh with that being said parents need to be responsible and they need to take their parenting role seriously because they have a lot riding on it and what you're responsible for i hope tonight you learned what your responsibilities are as a parent and what you're not responsible for because it's a big task ahead of you and you're laying a lasting impression on little sweet spirits that are growing basically you're raising your grandchildren when you're parenting your kids you're teaching them how to parent so i always tell people you're not raising your kids you're raising your grandchildren so be careful the way you praise uh, the way you raise them take your responsibility seriously love on them encourage them build their self-esteem but understand that you can't be their friend, but you need to be their protector. Always be their protector and um, keep them from situations that could be harmful. I always tell moms with sons, mm-hmm. you're not raising boys, you're raising men. That's right. And you can't start too early. That's right. And no one has a right to your children except for you. Mom and Dad, that's your right and your responsibility. That's your right and your responsibility, that's right. Emphasis on responsibility. Yeah, be responsible. Well, we are so uh, happy to start this series this month. We've got a lot of great topics that we're going to be talking about. We topped off tonight with uh, 
uh, your responsibility as a parent, what you're responsible for, what you're not responsible for. Through the month, we're going to be talking about blended families, parenting alone, uh, all of these things that are questions that we have now in our life that sometimes you just feel like, what do I do? You know, you're not alone. There are resources out there. Uh, there are uh, places where you can get advice. But ultimately, you are responsible as the parent. But we're here to encourage you and to help you and to give you tips on how to be an effective parent and enjoy parenting. I'm here to tell you it goes by quickly. It's the greatest joy of life. It is. And if you feel like you're failing as a parent, I just want to say this in closing. If you feel like you're failing as a parent, please give yourself grace. That child didn't come with a learner's manual. You didn't get to read it and then try to apply what needed to be done. You had to figure it out by trial and error. And it's okay. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to pick up the pieces and be an effective parent, to do the things you know that you need to do, to do the right thing. It's never too late to do that. But you have to make the choice to do it. And so tonight we hope that all the parents out there that are listening feel like they can start with a clean slate and that they can do effective parenting, that they can have skills for parenting, and that they can do the best job that they can because you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good. It's good to be there, too. It's good to be there. That's right. don't ever make excuses for bad behavior. Don't ever excuse bad behavior. Yeah, bad behavior is bad behavior. And uh, if you're a parent that's dealing with that, we hope that you will get the help that you need to get to walk in the wholeness and the um, fullness that you need to walk in as a parent. None of us are perfect. We all need help. But uh, we've got those little kids that are depending on us. So tonight we want to thank you for being with us and inviting us into our own, in your home. We also love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, this is Debbie Rule and Rudy Rule. We'll see you next week at 6 p.m. right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. We're looking forward to this parenting series. We'll see you next week at 6 o'clock p.m. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Canyon 95.3 FM and CanyonRadio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.